When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. It is the day after the night before, uh, some may describe it. Uh, we finished the window uh, with just the one signing. Austin Trusty joining us from Colorado Rapids. Of course, there is an agreement with Matt Turner from New England Revolution who is expected to join in the summer. But no striker, no midfielder, and a lot of departures to talk about all of that. And more. I'm joined by Bailey. You're right, mate. Yeah, I'm good, good as can be. I was a bit angry yesterday. Now I've had time to reflect, calm down, and just. And you're still yeah. angry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> most definitely. Yeah, look, uh, I am. I'm very frustrated. Uh, we are able to obviously do these shows, and we get a lot of our stresses out. Um, so it's a ch- it's a chance to do that. But what what's the main thing for you? Why why were you so angry yesterday? What was the main anger point for you? It was seeing our, our best striker at the club go out the door and no one coming in. I think that's that's the main that's the main sticking point for me. It's the situation we've put ourselves in such a good position this season that we can really attack that and go hammer and tons for it, go absolutely all out for it. Instead, we've decided to sit back, take a major, major risk and risk not getting top four once again. I know, I think... We have, we have got ahead of ourselves a little bit by saying we must get top four, we must get top four. Because if we're being realistic, if I want to be on Edu's side, the initial target was top Do you want to be on Edu's side? I don't want to be. <laughs> I don't want to be. I'm just rational thinking. The top, the initial target was top six. But we put ourselves in a position where we're fighting for top four. But now we have to attack top four. I'm sorry. We, mm. Halfway through the season, we have new targets. We have to attack top four. And I feel like our movements in the transfer window was not showing any ambition to achieve that goal. And uh, it's worrying. I remember... Before the transfer window, I said no Pierre, no problem. Now I'm saying no Pierre, problem because we are <laughs> we are worried in the striking position. So yeah, it is oh, worrying man. times. I think I am worried for the top four finish. How about you, though, Tom? Yeah, it's, I can't not be. I just look at this as such a huge risk that we've taken. I, if we get top four, it will not be because of this window. It will be in spite of this window. Um, it will be because uh, it will because of a lot because of the players that we've got credit will go to Arteta if we get top four for what we hopefully will do to be able to get there. But I think that we're going to need to rely on a lot of luck. Uh, Our rivals messing up a lot as well. Uh, Thankfully, they didn't really strengthen uh, either in the window, which is is, is positive. Uh, And a lot of other teams did. So we'll have to hope that those other teams take points off them and that we can win the points that we'll be expected to win. But it's going to be really, really difficult. And I am concerned that if Lacazette gets injured, that could completely torpedo our hopes of, of finishing in top four. And that's even from the perspective, I mean, Lacazette scored, what, three goals from open play this season? Um, I think we have three goals between him and Nketiah in the Premier League from open play. That's what we're dealing with and what we've got to try and overcome in the second half. And we couldn't score against the bottom of the side Burnley in the final home game of, of January. So... Look, 
the encouragement is is pretty low. We go to a very very good Wolves side next on the tenth. Uh, next the following weekend, or well, I think following is it following midweek? Or yeah, February tenth. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be a really important and tough game because Wolves are a good side. We haven't got a good record of going uh, to Molyneux whatsoever. So we've got to hope that we can pull something out the bag there. Uh, good morning to everybody joining us in the chat box today. Uh, good evening. We've got uh, we've got Kevin and No Sleep. We've got Alex. Uh, we've got Jacob. Uh, we've got Stevie. We've got Tony in here as well. Afsar, uh, Zander, plenty more of you as well. Please, if you are watching and enjoying the chat, do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the Arsenal way. If you haven't done so already, be plenty of content coming out all the way up until the end of the season. Interviews, breakdowns, looking towards the summer transfer window as well, which will be the next point of course. It never stops. It's a constant cycle. Um, we did make a signing though, uh, Bailey, yesterday. We brought in Austin Trusty. Uh, Trusty, the pro. I'm never going to get bored of saying that. It's just so apt. You could not write that, really, could you? Uh, Trusty, the process uh, is becoming a, a meme already. What do you make of, of this acquisition? I think it's going to be just, yeah, firstly, let's talk about the timing of the signing. I think it was like <laughs> around eight o'clock, seven o'clock. Mate, this has been done for a month. This was it's done on the first day, we I reckon. decided to announce it. the worst Arsenal. Come on, man. <laughs> but I think it's going to be a ghost signing. I actually don't think he'll make an appearance for Arsenal. I think it would be a bit like uh, Colin Bramall a few years back when he signed from the non- non-league side. He just went out on a few loans. Mm. It was definitely a Stan Cronkay signing. I know he's got links to the Colorado Rapids, so... I know it's. I think it's like a little link there, and I think he will just keep going out on loan until we can get a big move in Europe. Not a big move, but a move in Europe. I think that's a, the goal for MLS players to come to Europe and get a move. So I think that's what Trusty. That's what. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I think that's his end goal. But I'm happy for him as a player. I think, I, I think that's a big move for him. I think it's a career changer. So hopefully mm. he can benefit of that. I don't think Arsenal will see too much of him, but for him personally, hopefully it's a good move. Yeah, absolutely. Look, MLS players are desperate to join the Premier League. I mean, I've done a number of interviews with players in the MLS and whenever I ask them about the Premier League, it's it's just that's the dream. Like, Europe is the dream, not just the Premier League, but Europe is the absolute dream. So, so if they can make it over in Europe and make that trip, it, it's a life changer. So, look, from the personal perspective of the player, congratulations to him and, and we wish him the absolute best and we back him to succeed. But, look, it's... It's not what we were after. It's not what we wanted. Uh, it's it's annoying. It's not annoying because he may have signed that day. It may have all been sorted. But it, just the timing of it, as you say, is just so perfectly annoying uh, for us uh, as Arsenal fans to see it pop up at that time. We didn't really know that was happening either. Uh, we've se- and there was kind of we get this full soap because we've seen the Callum Chambers deal come out of nowhere. The Matt Ryan deal, of course, came out of nowhere. There was always that hope that maybe just something would pop up on the website. Uh, and let us know that Arsenal would sign someone, but it wasn't to be. And and now we're in a situation where we are going to be very light. And so going forwards, Bailey, in that striker situation, what do you? What kind of is your prediction that will end up happening? Do you think Lacazette will remain fit for the rest of the season, or do you think we're going to have to get inventive with the ideas in that role? Look, I haven't even thought about Lacazette not being fit for the for the rest of the season because it worries me if he's not. So Lacazette has been my main focus. Lacazette, 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 and. For me, if Lacazette is not fit, I'd put Martinelli. I'd go for Martinelli in the forward role. I just don't trust Enketa starting mm. in the Premier League. I'd rather start Martinelli and then bring Smith Rowe, Erdegaard, and Saka behind him. I think that's a better attacking force. So I think Martinelli and Lacazette, for me, there are two starting strikers. And this is a perfect audition for Martinelli, actually, to maybe start to tra- transition into a striker. I think that's his end position. I think in a few years' time, when he's around 20, in the mid 20s, I think he'll start to 
playing that role. And I think this is the perfect time now just to show that you have actually got the quality to to go there rather than just being an inside forward. But we shall see. I think I'd go with Martelli. I remember you saying before, you you don't think Martelli should be a striker. I remember you saying... I just feel like he's better in the wide area. I'm not yeah. saying it's out and out. He should not categorically be there because yeah. the worst case scenario, obviously I wouldn't not be playing him there. It's just... He's best when he's on the ball. And if he's playing in a central role, he's not going to see the ball anywhere near as much. And I feel like he does more damage. He's more threatening in a wider yeah. position so he can run you know, towards the opposition. But if you said to me that that front four, as you mentioned, Smith-Rowe, Erdegaard, Saka, and then Martinelli in the middle, would I take Martinelli over Nketiah? Yeah, I would. Absolutely. I'd rather see a Martinelli playing in the middle. He has played in the middle in the past. He scored goals in a central role. Uh, in a perfect world, I'd like to see him continue his development in the wide areas, but we may not be given a chance. What do you think about Pepe? Uh, Bailey what about him as a, as a possible option because I know a lot of people have asked I've been in plenty of chat boxes where people have asked for Pepe to play there I've been very resistant to it put in a square peg and a round hole once again but again we may have to get inventive with what we choose yeah I did write a piece previously uh, saying mm. how Pepe could possibly take up the strike role um, he has played there before I think before Louis is actually playing there um, but I'm not too sure. I would I'd, I would give him a go. However, I'm not too confident. I think he's better playing on the just a, as a right forward. Maybe in he needs someone. Uh, he he can't really hold up the ball, can he? He's not really a, mm. a number out and out number nine. Maybe as a false nine, Pepe could work. Possibly giving him a freedom of going on each wing, going on each wing. But he would have to have a lot of support. I'm not a fan of him being the number nine focal point number nine. But I would be willing to give him a go up there because of course he struggled playing right midfield. So mm. maybe right forward or as a striker could work. Maybe even him and Martinelli playing right forward and left forward rather than uh, actual number nine is having those two coming in a lot. Like, kind of similar to Man City almost. Yeah, I mean, the Man City one's interesting, isn't it? Because they've, obviously they've been without a striker for a long time. Now they've got a lot of quality in the wide positions with Foden and Mares and Grealish and Sterling and the list just goes on and on when you start getting to De Bruyne's and, and Bernardo Silva's of this world too, plus more youngsters coming through like Cole Palmer. Um, and they just brought in Julian Alvarez as well, young Argentinian striker, I think, uh, yeah. from River Plate. Uh, that that was an interesting move. 15 million quid brought in someone that's you know highly thought of. Do you think that was kind of an example, maybe, of of a the type of deal that Arsenal could have done? Because look, they did. Man City need a striker. We've known yeah. that they've been linked with Haaland. They've been linked with uh, with Harry Kane. But they didn't go for a big, big striker. They went for a striker that was, you know, just thought of as very highly and a savvy bit of business around a very decent figure. Yeah, absolutely. It works. And they, Man City have proved in the past that it works. You look at Gabriel Jesus. I remember he joined in the 2016-2017 season. He hit the ground running before his major metal, metal tarsal injury, I believe. So it yeah. does work. You sign a young player from South America or from North America, wherever it is, you bring them in. And they do, they do become a success and a, and, a, and a bargain in the end because they do grow. So I think Arsenal could definitely look at that situation. But in saying that, again, Man City have the players around, they would have the players around Julian Alvarez to elevate his game. Whereas I think a striker for us is more of the focal point. We need him to carry mm. the team rather than a striker be carried. I think Man City have the ability to carry a striker right now, a young striker. I don't think we do, unfortunately. So Yeah, no, you're right. You are absolutely right. Um, throw Julian Alvarez into Arsenal, maybe it wouldn't have been anywhere near the same. And you know, if, yeah. if one of those front three isn't really like firing, uh, it's not a huge loss because you've got everyone else around them to support. Whereas with Arsenal, we need everyone to be playing at their absolute best uh, to try and get the best performance out of the entire side. Um, Paul James says, we need to recognise that KSC have no ambition and low expectations, so Arteta has to work harder with less than our competitors to get good results. KSC will take the credit, but none of them... Uh, but none of the blame. How much 
of the window do you place blame-wise on the hierarchy? Uh, and I don't include Edu in that. I'm talking about the ownership. On, on ownership, honestly, if they put money on the table, we saw we went in for Flyovic. So did clearly, we know? Did, did we know? Okay. Did we, did okay. we know, Bailey? Did we... <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, if we did go in for Flyovic and we did and we were willing to to put a bid in for him, then that should then I would not give Concrete the, the Concrete any blame. However, on the other, if it was on the other end and it wasn't. Uh, helping out Edu with the finance situation, then they deserve to take all the blame. Because what can Edu do if he hasn't got any? What what can he do if he hasn't got any funds behind him? You can't really do mm. anything, can you? So then I would. But if you weren't for Flyovich, like reports say, then I think they don't deserve blame because they Conke helped us in the summer. They done big investments in the summer, of course. So he deserves credit for that. But now I think I think we'll re- really be able to see in the summer because I think in the summer we're going to need to spend more than we did in the in yeah. the last summer sorry so then that will really prove if Kwonke was behind us in January I think that would be the, the revealer well I mean if you think about Arsenal uh, in terms of what they've done across the last two years um, for for outgoings we've got rid of a ridiculous amount of wages we've obviously got rid of Aubameyang during this window um, he, he's joined Barcelona on a free which means obviously you've got rid of 350 grand a week worth of wages. We've moved on. Lucas Torreira, Joe Willock, Ainsley Maitland-Niles is going to be going. You expect to probably leave on a permanent in the summer. Kolasinac's big wages off the wage bill. Chambers was on a decent wage. Willian, of course, was on a big yeah. wage, but we did bring him in. Um, Pablo Marie was on a decent wage. Uh, Genduzzi, we've had uh, players like Reese Nelson. Hector Bellerin would have been on a very decent figure. Well. David Luiz had gone last summer too. Um Constantinos Mavropanos probably not on loads, uh, to be fair, but Urzil's wages, Mustafi's wages, Socrates, Mkhitaryan. Uh, we've really cut the wage bill hugely. In fact, I think I saw someone this morning, a tweet claiming it's basically nearly half yeah. of what it was during this uh, the uh, Emery's final year at the club. So based on that, and based on that huge cut, is there an expectation now, do you think, that Arsenal go into the summer window coming up that, oh. with with huge ambitions to to bring in some marquee players? Oh, absolutely. And even adding to that, Tom, um, the young players we're signing, they're going to be demanding less wages, of course, than the players we're getting mm. rid of. So that, once again, is just still bringing down the wage bill. So in the summer, there's literally no excuse. We do have to, I said just there, we have to spend a lot. And that's because... We didn't show up for the January transfer window. Maybe we'd, we'd have been able to separate out the, spend, the spending a little bit more, sign a play in January, then less. That's, that brings less pressure in the summer. But now in the summer, we're going to have to go crazy. We have to go hard and spend a lot of money. Mm. Um, it has to be done, frankly. And Conquer is going to have to cough it up. But again, it would have been helped. It would have been much easier if we did get Champions League football because if we don't, that could separate the type of quality player we do get because we're going to need to get... I think this with the, the summer window is good for young players now. The next window, we have to get players who are of quality to really, to really help us, to really help us push on. Because mm. we saw with Liverpool, for example, once they got Champions League football, that's when they started signing real quality players and players would make a difference. So, yeah, Arsenal, they're gonna they're gonna have to repeat that. They're gonna have to repeat that. I mean, I say the players that have gone, they're not gonna be the end of it. But Leno is probably gonna go. Rob yeah. Holding could go. Cedric could leave. Um, yeah, going for Lacazette, El Nenny's gonna go, and Ketty is gonna go. Xhaka. Could yet leave as well. He's on a decent wage. Nicolas Pepe could go in the summer yeah. too. Um, we've got players like, as we know, Torreira is probably going to live on a permanent deal. Genduzzi will probably live on a permanent deal. Uh, Runnison, don't know how much he's on, but he'll probably leave, as will Bellerin. So, look, it's there's a lot of players still that are going to go. And you've got to think that surely 
um, <laughs> I'm using that word again, uh, that we will go in and get someone, uh, not just someone, but a fair few players. We've yeah. got a big rebuild to do once again. And it's a shorter summer window as well because um, I don't know if it's a shorter summer window, but it's a shorter amount of time before the season starts because of the 2022 World Cup uh, at the end of this year. Is, it means the season starts earlier. So we've got that to deal with too. Um, <laughs> Paul says, Bailey, you've just fallen into the KFC <laughs> trap. The illusion that we are in for Vlaovic and Izak is just that, an illusion. Vlaovic was never coming in and low bid for Izak shows we were never buying him. Do you think you fall into the KSC trap? Listen, your guess is as good as mine, Paul. If I have, I have. I apologise. <laughs> <laughs> apologise? Back your corner. Uh, so just says, biggest incoming tr- uh, window is this summer. Yeah. I mean, we had the biggest last summer. Are we going to eclipse that? Do you think a big name or names will come or more young prospects? I mean, Edu did say that thing in the past that he wanted to combine young players with world-class experience. Do you think that will be the summer for world-class experience then? Yeah, because as I said, the this the 2021 summer window was young. 2022 summer window mm. has to be quality and experience now because we've built the foundations. Now we just need the blocks around it to really elevate the squad, I think. I think that's what we need to do. But more worryingly, I'm just thinking about it, Tom. I think we need to strengthen in every position except from left-back. I mean, I'm looking at and maybe the wing positions as well in the summer. So it's going yeah. to be an expensive summer because we can't just sign players of course for low prices striker is never cheap so it's going to be it's going to be an expensive one but yeah we do need to get i think a big name or two at least in the summer. Mm. alex says do we believe there is no one in the world edu and his team could have gone for armed with the vlaovic money or did edu and his team just not do their homework well the what the athletic said this morning about arsenal wanting to bring the summer plans forward, but the players weren't there, the necessary, necessary targets. So if we're going off that report by the Athletic, then clearly Edu didn't believe those players good enough to sign in this window. But what the signings other teams have made, I'm pretty sure they would, they would have improved the Arsenal squad and for a cheap price. I'll mention mm. names such as Denis Saclio, how much less than 10 million euros, Arthur mm. Cabral to Florentino, one right there. There was just so many players, Bruno Gamarais, so there were players that would have improved us if we really did go out there. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to compiling this list uh, a little <laughs> bit later on this morning of the players that Arsenal could have signed. Uh, Matty says that we could still sign free agents. Wilshire could still happen. Like, uh, we'll see. I mean, I don't know how the registration situation works, but uh, I don't know if it's possible to sign him. No, up yeah, I don't think it is possible. I think the 31st is the, the registration oh, date. So yeah, I have to check on that. Uh, Graham says, is Genduzi completely finished at Arsenal? Yes, he will join Marseille in the summer on a permanent deal. A lot of people are saying about like we should have um, like recalled Torreira and Genduzi and Slip. You can't. There's no break clauses in those contracts. So we couldn't have done that unfortunately, even though it may have made a fair amount of sense. Um, We're going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in as always. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow morning uh, for the next show. We've got plenty more content coming out for you as well on the channel. Uh, And if you do want to get access to all of Mikel Arteta's press conferences throughout the season and interviews, you'll be able to do that here as well. So do make sure you are subbed. Thank you, Bailey, as always, mate. Thank you. I just want to say, guys, we need to focus on the season now. The January transfer window is done. We can't change it. So, Let's just start thinking, not positively, but let's just start thinking about results and fixtures rather than transfer. Thinking not positively. No. <laughs> you don't want us to not think positively. Just think negatively. Think negative thoughts, people. <laughs>
<laughs> you know what I mean, guys? Just think of the season. Transfer's done now. We'll come back to that around April to play for the summer. But let's just focus on getting the results yeah. we need and pushing the team to get, hopefully, top four, please. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, it's always an absolute pleasure. And uh, drop a like on the video and subscribe if you're new. We'll be back very soon. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh,